Welcome to another message from Bridge Assembly, located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information on Bridge, go to our website at bridgehelena.com. It is our prayer that this message will help you to connect with God, connect with others, and connect others with God. Holy, because you're a holy God. So, Lord God, today, despite interruptions, despite any of that, Lord God, look at our hearts as we turn them over to you, as we humbly seek your throne. Lord, you are wonderful, and there is only love in the heart of God. And, Lord, there is no shame. The shame that we carry in our lives is by our own doing, and it's all too often because we listen too much from the wrong influences. And Lord God, if it's an influence apart from you, that's a wrong influence. So Lord, I just ask that you release people today, that they can lay that baggage down, that they can truly come to you and allow their hearts to receive what you have for them. Holy Spirit, that's your business. That's what you love doing, is pointing people to the Son of God, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So today, we glorify you, Jesus. What an amazing name. It's the name that cuts through all the garbage. It, it's the name that cuts through all the deception. It's the name that cuts through all the darkness. So we're going to proclaim that name out of this body, out of this building, and out of this church, the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We proclaim it over our town. We proclaim it over our state, our nation. We proclaim it over the world. We proclaim it around the world, the mighty name of Jesus that brings freedom to the captives, that breaks the bondage, the chains that so many people are weighed down with. Father, we thank you so much for the gift of your Son. And Father, we thank you for never giving up on us. You never gave up on us. Not mankind and not us individual. Jesus, you paid the ultimate sacrifice. You shed your blood. You died on the cross so that we may have a restored relationship with our Father in heaven. And Holy Spirit, continue continue to point us in the right direction. We pray individually and as a body for wisdom and discernment and humility. Lord God, a passion to serve you, eyes to see the opportunities that you place in each one of our lives to glorify you. Oh Jesus, be exalted today and be lifted high. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus and everyone shout it out. See, you guys were talking about me not being loud enough. That amen was not loud enough. So I'm gonna, I'm, we're going to start over. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, yeah. oh, that's so much better. So much better. All right. So we had a little bit of technical difficulty. That's okay. Um, today will be just a little bit different. We love days like this because we get to hear from missionaries. That means, Yes. Yes, I don't know if you're clapping because missionaries are here or it's because I'm not teaching today, but I'll take either one. I'll just, let's, uh, actually, let's let the kids go real quick here. We'll, we'll turn them loose. Down to the basement with the kids. All right. All right, for the rest of you grown-ups, it's going to be a wonderful uh message today. It's going to be great. Um, I'll say that. Can you turn the house lights down by about half? That's like super bright. Um, thanks, Carl. Next week, we're going to pick up. We're in a series. If you guys are visiting today or haven't been here, we're in a series on Colossians. Last, uh, last Sunday, we started chapter two. Um, it took us about 10 weeks to get through chapter one, nine weeks to get through chapter one. Now we're on to chapter two. If you missed last week's message, I'd grab it on Facebook. It was an interesting message. It was a real exciting message. Um, but now we're getting to a point in Colossians um, chapter two, starting in verse six. It, it, deals with some amazing things. So please, please be here next week, um, and we'll just pick it up. So if you're visiting today, come back next week. You'll get the full-on full on thing. Let's do a couple quick announcements, not very many. Um, we still have the ministry fair going on, so if you want to sign up to be a part of any ministry to help, to teach, to get involved with kids or youth, anything like that, there's 
sign-up sheets back there. Just frequent that, jump on that. Let's see, second announcement is last Sunday. Is that what it is? Last Sundays is coming up, obviously, in two weeks. That'll be the last Sunday of the month. So I'm just going to say this. We're going to have, I'm going to guess, maybe 15 to 20 guests that day. So I'm, I'm giving you a fair heads up. If you usually bring one casserole, maybe bring two casseroles, right? Desserts, we're always good on desserts, you know, that's, we're a good dessert. But we want to make sure for our guests that are going to be here that we have enough food, so please just make a mental note to bring extra one and a half or two times what you usually bring, and it will be enough, and it will be amazing. And then July and August is still our food drive for our pantry. Um, there's a list out there of what we need. Um, if it's not on the list, we probably don't need it. Um, we have enough of corn and green beans. Any of the Jolly Green Giant stuff, pull back from that and get the stuff on the list. But it'll all work out good. And then four ways to give. I'm trying to rush through this so we can get to our missionaries. You can give online at bridgehelena.com. You can get to that through our app. If you don't have our app yet, um, maybe find that, download it, get on that. You can get to everything on our app messages, bulletins, all of that good stuff. You could also text the amount. We've got the good old giving boxes, and we can mail it to 725 Granite Avenue. We will be taking a offering, a love offering, for our missionaries today at the end of the service. So if you're giving online or you're using the envelope and you want to designate that, just make sure you designate that or just save it till the end and give twice. We don't, we don't care. They'll take whatever. They'll take gold fillings. They'll take shoes. They'll take cell phones. Cell phones are probably big in Africa. You want to give them your cell phone? Just unlock it. They'll be good with that. But they prefer cash. Good, nice cash. Amen? That's why we give. We give to worship God, and we can have fun talking about it, but we give because it's a form of worship, and it's a it's an important form of worship because it helps with our humility and our control issues. Anybody have pride and control issues in here? If you're not raising your hand, you've got some pride and control issues. But that's okay. God forgives that if you seek him. And, and that's why he, he tells us we need to give. It helps us to understand that he's in control and we're not. And it is that form of worship. And on top of that, man, God just loves to, to bless a cheerful giver. It's like, wait a second, I'm doing what you want me to do. And now you bless me for doing it? It's like total positive reinforcement. God is so amazing. Remember, there's only love in the heart of God, and that, that proves it. All right, that's enough with me. I, I'm so casual today, I didn't even wear socks because we have missionaries. So that's something that's different. And I just get to sit back here with Amy. I get to sit in church with my wife and listen. It's awesome. We love missionaries. So why don't both of you guys come out? Toby and Melinda McGill, some of you guys know them. Um, if you don't know them, you're going to get to know them. Um, I, Toby's going to, he's, but, but no, you have to greet. I'm not going to let you get away from that. So I'm just going to turn it over. Tell us where you're at, what you're doing. It's, okay, before I do that. So when it comes to missions, Amy and I were in missions and everything, and there's, all missions is good, but some missions is just like on the ground making this massive difference to the indigenous churches in whatever region it is. And that's what gets me excited is when we can look at missionaries and their ministry and be like, holy smokes, this is amazing. This is totally active and on the ground. And it's like, it's like you want to see what they're, they're over busy. Some missionaries are under busy. These guys are over busy. So we're going to work at the end of the service. We will pray for them. We'll receive an offering, but you guys are going to be blessed. I'm going to give it to you or I'm just going to keep talking about it, you guys because you guys are exciting and you guys are so fun to, to have here. So here you go. Thank you, Pastor Jason. Hey, we are Toby and Melinda McGill, missionaries to Mozambique. And I just have to say right now, my friend Diane Cannon and Sandy Badger, we all taught together for, well, I was the newest of the four of three of us for 14 years together. And they're both there. It's so exciting to see you. And coming home to all these faces that we love so dearly. I'm going to tell you, when we speak in Africa, which is common, Toby preaches, we tell the church in Africa, the church in America is greeting you. They love you. I'm going to get teary at here. Because you know what? 
We are one body. We are one church. They might be black and I might be white, but we are one church under one God. And when I tell them that you guys are praying for them and that you love them, they just get so excited. When I tell them that you, they are our family now, we live there, that is our home, they get so excited because we are part of them. And we are doing great things there. Um, you can see the tabernacle right here. I don't know what team built it. And I will tell you, St. Ignatius just came and built a church. Where are you, Dale and Charlene? Dale and Charlene came from St. Ignatius to say hi. They were here in May in Mozambique. And I'm going to tell you just to encourage you. They brought a team of four people, four people, and we built two tabernacles. Okay, so... Bring a team. We would love to have you come so we can host you. Um, it's amazing. But yeah, we are building churches. We're overseeing the drilling of water wells. And just recently, Toby has been asked to oversee the training of pastors. Because here's the issue in Mozambique. We have a lot of churches, uh, wide, but very, very shallow. The reason why they're shallow is because there's no biblical training after you leave Maputo, or very little, let me just say that, very little. So the pastors in the bush villages, they take what they hear, they read their Bible the best that they can, and they share the word of God. So we are trying to train up Mozambican pastors so we can send them to their villages, and we can train. And you know what a training looks like? This will just give you a little bit of perspective. There'll be 50 to 60 pastors that will come in, and they may come 50 miles, they may walk, they may take a shoppa. I rode a shoppa for six hours. It's a minivan that seats about 20 people, and it should seat seven. When I got out, my hips hurt, my feet hurt. And by the way, I love your shoes. I feel like I'm in Africa. Um, the flip-flops, that's what we wear. But anyway, um, where was I going with this? I'm 58. I don't remember. Training pastors. So, um, yeah, so we. I, I still don't even know what I was saying with the... I just got off track, but it's okay. So we are overseeing the training of pastors. We want to get them out there. That's what it was. So they come, and they'll spend two solid weeks training eight hours a day, sleeping in the sand, because we live in a sandbox in Mozambique. Um, they sleep on the sand, uh, maybe a tent, maybe a tarp covering them, maybe a little tiny shack they can shove everybody in. And then they go home for three months, and they practice what they learned. And then they come back for two weeks, eight hours a day, and then they go back home. And that's how they do it. They get a three to four year degree in about seven to eight years because that's how long it takes. But you know what? Seven to eight years is a drop in the bucket compared to eternity and the lives that they're reaching out in the bush villages. So we just want to say thank you. The Church of Mozambique is praying for you. They love you. They consider you family. We are family. And I will tell you one last thing before I turn it over to Toby. Pray for this guy. He's busy. He's overly busy. We've had some deadlines that we had to get to. And it has affected him, but he's done an amazing job. But when you guys think of us, pray for Toby. When we leave our house, we have to speak Portuguese. So on top of all the work, I have to, you know, I've never had to think before I speak. Most people wish I would. But now I have to think before I speak. Alan Way knows that. He went on our first missions trip with us to Madagascar. I have to think before I speak now. And it takes a lot. But we've had some critical, critical deadlines. We had to move into a ministry center. See, when we bring steel over from South Africa, like the last bit of steel was $900 to bring it over. $900 could go towards a tab. So we're building a ministry center that we can do our own steel, make our own parts, and fabricate our own tabernacles and not rely on South Africa to do it. And we had to get into this. The day before we left, he put up our last um, bars on our windows for our safety. And we don't have a security wall on the back of our property. There's a wall, but it's not secure. And so we're raising funds for that, but we do have four dogs now. African people are afraid of dogs, and we like it when they bark because the African people are amazing, but, you know, they're really poor. Some of them are very, very, very poor. So if they see an opportunity, an easy hop over a wall to take something, they will. And they'll never hurt us because they love us, but they will take something to better their life because they have nothing in many areas. So um, anyway, these are some of the things that we've been working on. But he got our bars up and we got a few dogs and I'm feeling really safe at night. So it's good. So I'll turn it over to Toby. He's like, hurry up, Melinda. Hurry up, Melinda. We love you guys. Thank you. It's great to be here. We love being with family again.
Thank you, Melinda. You know, it's a huge blessing, and I've been super excited to be here amongst friends and brothers and sisters in Christ. And what Melinda talked about with, with us greeting them from the church in America, they asked me to send a greeting to you guys from the Assembly of God Church there in Mozambique. Because we're all serving the same God. We all have the same goal, and that is to follow Jesus and His purpose in our lives, to bring others into the knowledge saving and the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Eu gosto de falar em português, mas eu falta um pouco palavras. É difícil. I said I like to speak in Portuguese, but I'm missing some of the words, so it's very hard. <laughs> That's why I don't preach in Portuguese yet, because I'd be preaching and then all of a sudden, I'm not sure what this word is. <laughs> and so, anyway. The things that are happening in Mozambique is just incredible because those things are up here. They're over my head. They're over each of our head because they're all God things. And only He can do what's happening there in Mozambique. And Melinda mentioned I've been super busy, and I have been, but I just completed the last urgent thing the day before we came back to the States. So I'm good. I'm resting, and I'm feeling really good about that. But I know I have to maintain a pace because it's not about what I can get done. It's about who I am in Christ that brings the, the fruit of what God wants to see, no matter where we are, from here to Africa. So I'm going to share a little bit today, and I'm going to share some testimonies about what we've done. You saw, you see the picture there of the tabernacle above us, and that's, that part of the ministry is very comfortable for me. But God doesn't call us to be comfortable, does He? He calls us to, to go beyond our comfort, go beyond what we can do easily, because then He gets involved. Because it's beyond us that really makes the eternal value happen when we serve. So I'm going to share some things Melinda mentioned. Some friends of ours came from St. Ignatius and helped build a tabernacle. On one of the first tabernacles, Melinda and I normally go out and we have people from the church plant or the small church there to help us put the footings in before a team comes to build the tabernacle. So on one of the first tabernacles that we started the footings on, we heard a testimony that morning. The pastor there was looking for some local people to help, help do the digging and, and work with the footings. It, it was a church plant, and so there's, they have a tree on this property, but they had just bought this property and they haven't been able to get any church going in this area. There are thousands of people in the general area, but this is next to the highway. And so he went out and asked some neighbors if they wanted to be a part of helping us start this church. Well, there was one man who received Jesus Christ that morning, and he helped us put the footings in for this tabernacle. Building tabernacles is not just building a building, but it's pouring into people. There's a purpose behind it. For us, building tabernacles is a reason to connect with people out in the bush, to connect with people who may be lost or people who are not encouraged, and just bring them the love of Christ and share our testimony, share Jesus with them so that God can do the rest in their lives and their hearts. That was a salvation because we built a tabernacle. Praise God. That was beyond us. Another It was the third tabernacle we were building. I was speaking to one of the leaders there at this tabernacle, and and she was saying, for me, you guys building this tabernacle is a miracle. It's a miracle from God. Why is that? We were scheduled to build a tabernacle on another site. On our way there that day, I got a phone call from the pastor and said, we aren't ready. There's a lot of things we need to prepare and get in order before we can have a tabernacle. So we can't build a tabernacle. So here I am. I have a team coming. We don't have a site to build the second tabernacle prepared because we were going to do it that day. They're coming within a week. And I called the pastor. I said, we need another site if it's possible. We've got to do something, but God knows. He's in control. So he called me. This was at 9 o'clock in the morning. He called me at 10 o'clock and said, can you meet me at 11 o'clock? I said, okay, I'll be there. So he sent me to meet with one person so that person could show me where the pastor was so the pastor can show me where the site was and along the way we stopped and ordered gravel and sand along the way we were able to share Jesus with the truck driver 
And along the way, we were able to ask the neighbors, hey, do you guys want to help us remove some of the, the bushes out in the bush because we're going to be building a church here? And this was along the way that the leader of the church said, this is a miracle that we get this tabernacle. It wasn't scheduled to go there. And they probably wouldn't have been on the list to receive the tabernacle, but because they were ready. She said, we've been, there's not even a tree to meet under on this property. But she's been seeking God. God, give us a church so we can meet in, in the, under the protection of the sun and the rain. And here it is. We were scheduled somewhere else, and God said, no, I have a plan. I'm answering prayers. And so we're watching God do these mighty things. It's beyond us. We're just available. And so that's just really powerful for me to watch God work as we walk out in obedience and what he's asked us to do. The other thing, Melinda mentioned that, that we oversee the training of pastors, and I'm not a professor. I had an excavation company, and most of you that knew me knew that. God had us close the doors and walk away to serve him full time. But for me, that's comfortable. But training pastors, I have burning in my heart to minister to people. Not to build, but to minister to people, whatever that looks like. But we're partnering with the church, the Assembly of God Church there in Mozambique, and they have a Bible school, and they've been planting churches like Melinda shared all throughout the country. They're in all 12 provinces of the country. But a couple of the leaders that have Bible school started, they're looking for some curriculum that they can do a three-year bachelor degree with this curriculum, and they want to train the pastors that are out there in all these church plants so that they know how to interpret the Bible, the context within the Bible, and the love of Christ, and so that they can preach the word and disciple well. Right now, they have just people leading, leading these churches, and they aren't trained up as well as they would like them to be. So we're the liaison. We were able to be there in country and receive a container that's full of books that were translated into Portuguese. This was very exciting for the church there. So exciting because that was an answer to prayer for them because they've been seeking for help. And, and like Melinda, they have, like Melinda mentioned, they have people coming in and teaching and training a class for the two weeks. And then they'll go back to their churches and they practice what they learned and then come back. And that's a really long process. But they're trying to train trainers in the capital city and then send those out into the rural areas and train groups of pastors in these areas because they can't leave their church and they can't afford to go to the school and they can't afford to leave their church because there wouldn't be a church when they got back. So they're sending leaders out being trained to do this. So I want to thank you for your support, for helping us, not only your prayers, which is most important. I wouldn't go without prayer. It's just way too hard. God has given us grit to press through the challenges that there is with the language barrier, with the different principalities that are there, with the different things that we're faced with that are beyond us. But God shows himself faithful. And we want to thank you for your support faithfully and you invested in the Tabernacle Ministry Center where we're going to be building tabs. So every testimony that comes through building a tab, you guys are a part of. You guys have invested in the kingdom and in making disciples of Mozambique, the nation of Mozambique. So I want to thank you for your faithfulness, for your prayers, and your investment in what God is doing there in Mozambique. It's just powerful for me to be a part of, of a family of God like this and sent out. I remember the days when I first started coming to church and I met some of you on the first days. And, and uh, what a journey. What a journey of being discipled up and being sent out. It's been powerful for me. Lord, help us to live a life worthy of your calling. I used to think a calling was being called to be a missionary or a pastor. I used to think that. But I realize a calling is something different. It's a calling to follow Jesus. It's a calling to come and receive the gift by grace that we have of salvation. It's a calling to give things up for others. It's a calling to love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our mind. It's a calling to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. It's easy to give things up to our children, for those of us who have children, or a family member, 
It's easy to give things up for those we love. That's why the greatest commandment is to love God and love your neighbor as yourself so that we're motivated, not by selfish motivation, but by the love that Christ gives us and perfects in our hearts to be able to go beyond ourselves for others who may not know God, for others who may not have the hope that we have, for others that God is working on, but he wants to send his children out to say, tell them about me, to bring his Holy Spirit so God can reveal himself to them. I shared this the last time I was here, but as an example of that, God had me start a Bible study outside the gate of my home. I have these other ministries that we're involved with, but because of who we are in Jesus, we're always available to share Jesus with others around us. And he had me outside visiting with one of my guards out there, and there was a person talking to him, and he handed him, my guard, a pamphlet. The first sentence said, Jesus is not God. God spoke to me and said, somebody's going to disciple him. Forgive me, Lord. It's going to be me. So I looked at that, and I set up a Bible study the next Monday. It was a Friday. And this guard came in and said, Toby, my eyes are just burning so bad. I can't see and I can't read. It's really obstructing my vision. I said, well, let's ask Jesus to heal your eyes. So I just laid hands on him, and we prayed a simple prayer. It was an open door for God to reveal himself. I went inside, gathered some things together, getting ready for a meeting. 30 minutes, I go out the front door, and my gate opens up. He comes running in the gate. Toby, Toby, guess what? What? What happened? Did somebody get hit by a car? What happened? And, and this, these are things that went through my head. And he goes, no, look at my eyes. And they were beet red before. They were bright white, whiter than anybody's eyes I've seen. He said, Jesus touched my eyes, and he healed them. I can see. I can read. I was just outside telling all the other guards about what Jesus did in my life. God revealed himself because we made ourselves available. Because we presented an opportunity for God to reveal himself. The first day of the Bible study, there was only one guard there, which was my other guard, because it was raining. Everybody was under their shelter. But he gave his life to the Lord that day, and he's on fire for Jesus today. And I continue to disciple the guards, and they are affecting and blessing other people and plugged into their churches. Praise God. It's about giving things up for ourselves, leaving our 12 grandkids, our four children, walking away from our careers. Okay, Lord, here I am. He's not asking everybody to do that. We just need to be available to him. It's interesting, though, with the calling. Sometimes we, we listen to these stories and we think, you know, it'd be really awesome to experience miracles all the time. It'd just be really awesome to be in that place. And when I first started going to church, I didn't know the Bible was fully true, but God was faithful for me, to me before this, and he taught me about his grace when I was living a life for myself. But after that, when I committed so deeply to him, whatever he asked me to do, I was willing to do, but he had to give me the strength to do it. God asked me for my attention. We have God's attention. He loves us so much. He died on the cross for us. We have his attention. But he wants our attention. I want to talk about some of the heroes, my heroes, but heroes that it talks about in the Bible. And I think about giving God attention. And I think in the Bible, I see the one, the characters that give him attention. I think of David. When he encountered Goliath, what was his life like at that time? He was a shepherd, shepherding a sheep. And he, was, he spent time with the Lord. And you can see that in the Psalms that he has written. And you can see that in the testimony to, that he shared with King Saul. When he went with King Saul, it's like, I want to go against this guy because he's speaking bad about our God. That's not our God that he's really talking about because our God is, is a great God. He is with us. He said, King Saul offered him his armor. Wouldn't fit. He didn't have to go get his armor. David didn't have to go get his armor. He didn't have to go get his weapons. He didn't have to say, wait a minute, I'm going to go fast and pray for a few days, and then I'll come back and deal with this guy. He was already there. He was already ready. 
he didn't hesitate to run out against this giant because he was in a place giving God his attention. And God was giving, he was hearing God's attention in his life. He had testimonies and experiences with God about taking a bear by the hand and striking it because he sold a sheep. If that were me, I'd, sorry, lost a sheep today, <laughs> but I'm still here. But when we have confidence in God with us, we can overcome anything when God is putting it on our hearts to go beyond what we can do. This is a place where we can see miracles. But see, it's not only the attention, but when you give God attention, we can be obedient to what he asks us to do. And we can depend on God for the outcome. But it takes giving him our undivided attention. See, God loves us so much. Jesus Christ had a choice. Did you know that? Jesus had a choice to go to the cross or not. Because the Father gave him that choice. And he said, Father, take this from me if, if there's any other way. But if not, your will be done. And he laid his life down, but it tells us in the Word of God that, that the Father gave him permission. That it was his choice to lay his life down for us. And he did it because of his love for us. See, I also think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It talks about in the story that they gave God their attention. And then when they wouldn't bow down to what the king wanted, to the king's idols, the king threatened them. They didn't have to wonder, should we really follow so we can stay alive, or should we not? They didn't have to wonder that because they had given God their attention and God was revealing himself to them in their heart. They knew God in that personal way. They knew him deeply. And they knew that God would either save them from the fire or be with them in it, through it. Whatever the case may be, they are going to honor God with their decision. So they gave God their attention. They were obedient to what God had put on their hearts by worshiping him only. And they were dependent on God in this moment, and they trusted him. See, when we give God our attention, we're able to be obedient easier. It was still difficult for me to close down my business and walk away, because that was my security, that was my income. And that was income to my life that I was used to. But God, if you're calling me away, I know you'll take care of me, because I know you. I know you deeply. It's a challenge, it takes time, and takes effort. And time is a great commodity. We know that, especially here in America. There are so many other things to do and people to see and time to spend with doing those things. But, but God has revealed himself. Look at Daniel in the lion's den. The same scenario. He had given God his attention. And he knew God's attention was on him. So he was able to be obedient, even with a threat. And he was fully dependent on God in that lion's den. And God was faithful. He was faithful. When we know God in a deep way, we know that he is faithful and his outcome is the ultimate choice that we want to make. But see, I think I want to share just a scripture. And Jesus gives us insight in many different ways. But, but I think of the time in the Last Supper, the time that he spent with his disciples, and in Luke chapter 22, verses, I get off my notes here, so I just start, start running, but I try to, try to stick to my notes so I don't overrun. Luke, Luke 22, verses 14 and 15. You see, in the Last Supper... He said, and when the hour came, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. And I put myself in that place. He earnestly desired to have a meal with his disciples before he suffered. And I'm thinking I would be dreading this moment before I suffer. I would want to put that moment off as long as I can because I'm going to suffer. How did Jesus earnestly desire 
this time with his disciples because he knew he was going to suffer. He told them he was going to suffer. Jesus knew what was beyond the cross. His eyes were on the end game. His eyes were on what he knew what his sacrifice would do for us. What his love would do for us. He established the bread and the, the fruit of the grape, the juice of the grape. He established this so that we can remember his love. We can remember what he did at the cross for us. We can remember how deeply he loved us. But see, he knew that this was only the beginning of the end. This was the beginning of the end when he was betrayed and arrested. It was the beginning of the end when he was being crucified, when he was being mocked for being king of the Jews, when he was being lashed, he was whipped 39 times, when he was crucified on the cross, a humiliating crucifixion. He kept his eyes on the fruit of what he was going to do. He knew that he would be resurrected. He knew he had to die so that we can be free. He knew he had to die to show how much he really loves us. He knew he had to go through this because his love couldn't make any other choice, his deep love for us. See, he knew these things, and he kept his eyes on it, and that's why he was able to go through. That's how he was earnestly desiring to share this with his disciples because he knew he was going to go and he had to go to the Father so that he could send the Holy Spirit to us. He knew he couldn't do it on our own, but he's trusting us. But he earnestly desired this before he suffered so that he can establish the Last Supper, our communion, what we call communion, the bread and the juice so that we remember his death. But we need to also remember what came from his death. Our salvation. Our freedom. Sometimes we forget that we have freedom to take hold of and we suffer and we still struggle with the same old things. But God gave us freedom through that when he died on the cross. See, it was the beginning of the end of eternal death. He went down and he took the keys of Hades. He has the keys of Hades. Jesus knew what the others did not. That's why he earnestly desired that. But see, if we can keep our eyes on the end game, if we can see what it will do in eternity, we get to spend eternity with our Heavenly Father. Jesus Christ restored our relationship by paying the penalty that we could not pay. We could, there is no way we could pay that penalty, which is death. But Jesus Christ died for our, our sins so that we can have that restored. This is something that I've heard from the beginning of hearing the gospel. But it's still just as alive today as it was then. It's still just as true as it was then. But it's even more excited because of the Holy Ghost that he sends to us. The empowerment of the Holy Ghost in our lives being able to go overcome the desires of our flesh, being able to overcome those things that we have find our security in, and being able to be obedient to what God has called us to do. He doesn't all call, call us all to go to Africa. He doesn't all to call, call us to do certain things. We're all individuals and we all have our own place that God calls us to, whether we're working with certain people, but he calls us to follow him. He calls us to present him to others and he calls us to walk out a life giving him attention because out of our attention for him comes our dependence on him as well. See, he puts us in places that we can exercise that. And those places are very difficult. But we can trust him when we understand that his attention is on us. It takes one word for him to pull us out from that. But does he? Being in, in Africa... Being in a culture that isn't in your native tongue, your mother language, being in a culture where anything goes. I was talking to somebody who had a driver's license and asked if they drove into South Africa, and they said, I can't drive in South Africa. You have to stay between the lines. 
So when you're driving, you can't just relax going down the road. It's always attention. It always takes energy to navigate. We can't drive with our windows down because of opportunity. People who are desperate and hungry, if they have an opportunity to get some bread that day, they want to take the opportunity. And they are bad people, but they're desperate. Some of them are desperate in that way. So we can't drive with our windows down. I got here in the States, and I could roll my window down and hang my arm out. It's like, wow, it's been so long. And I'm comfortable. I have peace. I don't have to be watching. I got up in the middle of the night, and I see the windows open, and just screens on, and no bars on the windows. It's like, all of a sudden, oh, wait a minute. I'm vulnerable. No, I'm not. It's different, but God gives us grit to press through because He's with us. Because we know His attention is on us. Because we give Him our attention. And it's, it's difficult when I'm very busy. I'm running hard. And, but at the end of the day, no matter how much time, I need to give Him that attention one-on-one. -on -one. He taught me that. That was a very powerful truth in my life early on in my walk. And that has carried me through many things. As giving him that attention and then trusting him. It helped me to be obedient. See, it's interesting that the greatest love or the greatest commandment is about loving God. And it's about loving our neighbors as ourselves. Love is a powerful thing. And there are so many people that lack it. So many people that don't even love themselves. And I've spoken with some, and I talked about this great commandment, the greatest commandment. And I realized, this person said, I really struggle with the second part of that, that other verse about loving your neighbor as yourself. I don't want to love that neighbor like myself because I wouldn't love them. And it's just so sad that, that we can be people, humans can be people that can't even love ourselves. It's so critical that we fill ourselves with the love of Christ so that we can be an extension of God's hand and allow Him to touch a heart, to heal a heart, to cause a miracle in the heart of a person who we don't know isn't loving themselves or we don't know what they struggle with on a daily basis. But Jesus Christ came to give us freedom. He came to heal us up. He came to show life and life more abundant that we can have. But it came at a cost. It came at a cost for him. And I'm willing to let it be a cost to me too. It doesn't take a sacrifice on our part. But sometimes being obedient does. He just wants obedience. He doesn't want our sacrifice, though obedience sometimes takes sacrifice. He wants our attention. And he desires to give us, or us to give him our attention. So in Acts chapter 16, verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. In Acts 1.8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. Jesus knew we couldn't do it on our own. He knew that He had to perfect His love in our hearts to be able to love our neighbors as ourselves. He knew that we, as people in captive to eternal death, He knew that He had to bring salvation to us. And He knew that it was going to be at a great price. After being a Christian for a long time, it's easy to allow the fervency that I had as a new Christian, it's easy to allow that to fade away because you just get into a routine. That's probably why he sent me to Africa. <laughs> keep me on my toes. Keep me depending on him. Keep me fervently before him because training pastors, I don't know really how to train pastors. I just make myself available. He brought in the books for the Bible schools there. And there are pastors there, leaders, presidents of the ministries there that have established points of training in each one of the each one of the provinces there. And they look to us, they say we're the godfather of, of this movement. 
Godfather and Godmother, and it's like, it's not us. God, Jesus Christ is the one. Jesus Christ is what made this happen. He was the one that called us there so that he can bring the books in so that they can have deeper training and know him better and disciple better. It has nothing to do with us. Oh, well, don't you want to help us build this Bible school? You know, you can stand before Jesus and say, see, I was obedient to you. I said, no. I want everybody to see Jesus. I don't want my name on any of it. It's all him. And it needs to stay him. It's not about what we can do other than be obedient. He wants his, us to be obedient. And the only way I can be obedient is to give him attention. Give him my attention. Because when he loves on me, I want to do whatever he wants me to. Because I love him back. I want to do anything for my neighbor, for those in Africa taking a long shopper ride six hours away to share the gospel with people out in the bush and some who may never have heard the gospel come to be able to hear the gospel. That would be miserable sitting there, not being able to move my legs for six hours, crunched. And she came home with malaria and she was sick for in bed for nine days. But what really showed the people the love was she went back up there. She took another trip with them the next year. And nobody thought that she would because she ended up being sick from there. But her stepping out and going beyond her own desires, there was nothing in her that wanted her that she desired to go. Nothing in her. But she knew she needed to. She chose to do that for Jesus. And Jesus made himself available to those to hear the gospel and to those to see her love and her endurance in Christ. So that's a place for me that I desire to be, is watching God do his thing. And we can be in the middle of it. But it's not about being in Africa. It's about being obedient to Jesus wherever you are. And praying and giving his attention. Not just asking requests, but hearing what he asks you to do. As we all live a life worthy of the calling together, remember what the calling really is. It's not about going here or going there. It's about being with Jesus. The calling is being so close to Jesus that you're in His glory. It's about being so close to Jesus that you can sense His prompting in your heart. That you can sense that I just, I'm not sure why, but I just need to share this with you. I don't know why, but I just need to go to this place and talk to somebody. And there's somebody there that is wondering if there really is a God. And if there is, send somebody to me. God had a servant. I don't, I can't, I'd have to count on my fingers how many years ago it was. 30 some years ago. When I was asking God, is there a place that I can go to find you or come to know you? When he asked me to give him my life, I didn't know what that was like. But God sent out one of his servants from Helena First Assembly to invite Melinda, a colleague, to church. It was months. You, some of you have heard this story. It was months before she finally came home and said, Toby, we need to go to church just one time so I can get this guy off my back. God is answering my prayer, but we're denying it because I think I'm going to go somewhere just to meet with God. So we went and said, God, is this where we're going to find you? I'm not sure if it is. I'm kind of nervous about the strange things that I see and hear. And God said, just focus on the cross and seek me. And when you seek me, you will find me. And so I did. I didn't care why anybody else was there. I was there to seek God. And I found him. See, that needs to be our focus until we stand before him. I used to be told when I was a young believer, one day you'll stand alone before Jesus. I stand before him every day. Alone. My choices, my decisions, I stand before him. How I treat my wife, I stand before him. The choices I make, I stand before him. Every day. And with that, I can overcome my own fleshly desires. With that, 
I can do what God wants me to rather than what I desire to do. I'd rather go to coffee than to go sit down and speak Portuguese all day long with somebody. <laughs> but I know this is what God wants, and I know he wants the fruit, and I know he wants us to make people know Jesus, not to make them, but to present Jesus to people so that God can reveal himself to them as well. And for that, I can sacrifice a cost. For that, I can spend up and stay up and spend an extra hour at night. For that, for Jesus, I can do whatever he asks me to because I spend time with him. When I don't, my flesh starts, hey, let's go for a drive instead of Go meet with the pastor. Hey, let's go do this instead of this. But God wants us to focus on Him and love Him. And out of that comes our desire. I have a desire to go talk with the pastors because I just spent time with Jesus and He has me so full of love, I've got to pour it out. I've got to pour it out to, to the neighbor walking by my home in the neighborhood. I want to go walk. And talk to people about Jesus because I get full when I give him my attention. I get full of his love in that attention. So I want to challenge us. First, I don't know everybody here. I don't know if, if there's any visitors here or if there are people here who have not yet received Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. But I do want to give an opportunity, if there is anybody here, maybe you've been coming for a while, but you haven't taken that step, and you would like to take that step to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I'd like you just to slip up your hand. And if you don't feel comfortable slipping up your hand, just speak to one of the people that were up here, or to Pastor Jason or his wife. Speak to them. And I want to encourage you to be baptized. We spoke at a church in Mozambique, and there were 22 people that came up front to receive Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. And we were invited by another church to go two and a half or three hours north to this quiet bay in the ocean, the Indian Ocean. There were 150 people wanted to be baptized, and they asked, asked us to help baptize. 150 people. Seeing what God is doing there, people are so hungry. I have an urgency because there is false doctrine going around as well. I have an urgency to share the truth with them so that God can reveal himself to them before they, they get taken away and lured away by false teachings. See, there are witch doctors there and there are people that are involved with that and they don't have anywhere to turn because they don't know about Jesus yet. It's worth it to me to go beyond English, speak Portuguese. It's worth it to me to go where I'm uncomfortable so that maybe one more might hear about Jesus. One more has a chance to hear about Jesus. Maybe that one more will get so on fire for God that he will begin to speak to thousands of people in Mozambique, in Portuguese. I just need to talk to the one. I don't need to gather hundreds of people, though God presents those opportunities. I just need to do what God asked me to do. And to be obedient, it's easier for me when I'm full of his love. So I want to challenge you to continue allowing the fire to burn in your heart. Continue to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. That when we pray for people, have an expectation that God's going to respond. It's up to Him what He wants to do. But I want to see people set free. I want to see people accept Jesus Christ and receive salvation. I want to see people's lives changed. And I want to see a whole lot of people in heaven along with us. So let's pray. Lord God and Heavenly Father, I thank you that you sent your Holy Spirit to be with us. 
I remember the day when I felt like I had to throw prayers up and sometimes I wasn't strong enough to throw them up to receive, to reach Jesus that sits at the right hand of God, of you, Father. But you sent the Holy Spirit so we don't have to. He even prays for us. He knows how to pray, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you have given us the Holy Spirit and, and when we're full of the Holy Spirit, Lord God, that you lead us and you guide us and you give us the strength and you give us the faith and you give us what it takes to be obedient, Lord. Help us to walk in Your presence. Help us to walk in the power of Your Holy Spirit with us, Lord God, that we can see You make Yourself famous. Lord, we can see You moving in people's hearts, Lord God. Lord, I pray that You give us a hunger and thirst for righteousness, a hunger to come to know You more. Not to just get it, do enough, but to go beyond. The Apostle Paul spoke about taking all the energy that You have given Him to help people become closer and closer to You, Jesus. Lord, help us to take the energy that You give us, our strength, and pour it out to that end, Lord, to those around us. And God, I pray, Father, as You give us the urgency to draw close to You, I pray that, that You would perfect Your love and continue perfecting it in our hearts, Lord, that, that we desire more than anything else Lord, to be obedient to You and to see You reveal Yourself to those around us. God, I pray a fresh holy anointing upon Your church. I pray a fresh holy anointing upon each one here, Lord God. I pray, Father, that You, right now, that You open their hearts. Lord, there are some that they... I just sense that there, there are some that that because of what's going on a situation going on that they don't feel like they can receive the love of Jesus. But, but Lord, I pray that You would touch that person. I pray, Lord, that You would open their hearts to receive. I pray that You would reveal Your grace to them like never before. Lord, I ask, Father, that, that You would touch each of us. And I pray, Lord, that You would speak to each of us to show how we can adjust our lives when we get home. Whether it's our schedule, or how we do things, or just something tiny, Lord God, that would be just a change. Because we're here in Your presence. And Lord, if we walk away from Your presence and we walk in the same routine, how can we expect a change? But Lord, I pray that You would reveal to us what is it inside us or outside and what we do in our routine. Lord God, that we can do a little bit different so that we can be changed and continue to draw closer to You. Lord, I thank You for Bridge Assembly. I thank You for this congregation. But I thank You for the greater church. Lord God, from Helena, Montana to Mozambique, Africa. Lord, to all the other parts of the world, Lord, where Your church is growing. I pray, Father, that You... There may be somebody here that You're stirring their heart to, to go into a foreign mission field. Lord, I pray, Father, that You continue to kindle that, continue to let that burn. But Lord, most of all, I pray that You would just help us to live a life worthy of Your calling. We need Your help. Lord, help us to live a life expressing Your love, allowing You to pour Your love in us and through us, Lord. Because all that You pour out upon us is for them. Lord, though we get the benefits also, it's still for those around us. Lord, we give You all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank You so much, Pastor. God bless you. Thank you so much. I'd like to visit whoever has time afterward to visit. Worship team, if, if you guys want to come up here. We're going to close out. We're going to worship in a, in a few minutes. Um, we're going to pray for these guys. We want to receive an offering, how that will look. Hey, Mel, who do you want the check made to? Does it matter? the chat for
Yeah, just make them out to, to us, Bridge Assembly, um, and then we'll just write them one big check. Um, but how did you like that message? There were some things in there that really get us thinking, right? So where, where is your attention? Right, that's a, that's a great question, and, and maybe we should say it like this. What, what are you giving your attention to? Um, attention is, is, is a funny thing. It's, it's an equal playing field. We, we all have the same attention. It's not some people ha or have a wealth of attention and some people have poor attention and, and things like that. We all have the same ability to, to invest our attention in something, and we do it. Attention is a commodity that, that we can't just hold back. You're going to invest it into something. So we have to ask ourselves, what are we investing our attention into? Is it Jesus? I don't know. That's something you've got to ask yourself. Is it community and connection? Is it, is it church? Is it worldly things? Is it godly things? Is it sinful things? Is it unrighteous things? So we begin to look at our own lives and we, we begin to look at what our day looks like. How much attention is going to Jesus and how much attention is going to other things. Yes, there are things that, that we must invest our attention into. Jobs, things like that. Relationships, family. But within all of that, we can put Jesus in the forefront. So though we are having to invest in our job, if we first invest in Jesus, it trickles down to our jobs. So as a body of believers, as, as individuals, as bridge assembly, as where are we investing? Is it where we need to be investing? I hope so. That's why this church like loves, loves to invest in missions. It doesn't matter if, if, if we'll ever see. Remember last week when we're going through and, and, and Paul says in the, in the first chapters of, of, or the first verses of chapter 2 and Colossians, he said, that, you know, I, I've never seen you. I've never met you before. But he's investing in them in prayer and in leadership. See, Paul didn't have to see them. He didn't have to meet them face to face. We don't have to meet these, these people in Mozambique. We don't have to meet the indigenous people there to still invest in them through prayer, through support financially. We have to turn our attention to God in order to get to the position where we have a desire to make these investments. Nobody's going to twist your arm today to, to give a love offering to these guys. I'm not going to stand at the door and say you can't leave until you give this much or that much. But by investing in Jesus, He's gonna, the Holy Spirit's going to guide you in that. We want to bless these guys. We want to build more tabernacles there. We want to train up more pastors there. And yes, though you may never experience it, you may never meet these people in the economy of God, in the kingdom of God, we are doing our part. Amen? So make your checks out to Bridge. Use cash, whatever it is. We're going to have a couple baskets in the back. Drop it as you leave. But before you guys go, you guys, just come on up here. Prayer team deacons, anybody. I want you guys just to come on up just right here. We're going to gather around this couple. We're going to pray for them. We want to pray for energy. We want to pray for continued opportunity. But we want to also pray for the, the people in Mozambique. So I'm going to hand the mic off. Let's see. Who am I going to hand the mic off to? Uh, let's see. You know what? I'm going to do something totally different. Logan, will you pray for them? Yes. Dear Heavenly Father, we just lift, uh, lift this couple up to you, God. I just pray that you can just uh, re-energize them, give them the strength, God. I just pray that you can just continue to align their hearts and their eyes and uh, be with the church over in Mozambique, God. I just pray that you can just, uh, yeah, just give them the strength, God, while they're uh, back over here, God. And just, I just pray that you can just be with them and just continue to... Uh, re-strengthen them and just grow them, God, uh, every single day, God, and they can uh, just give you all the glory and everything that they're doing over there, God. I just pray that you can just be with both of them, be with their families, be with their friends, God, uh, be with the people that you already have uh, lined up for them to meet, God, stir in their hearts, God. I just pray that you can just, uh, yeah, just give them the power and the strength to continuing to uh, fulfill the calling that you have for this couple, God. We just thank you, God.
Father God, we pray for the, the church in Mozambique. We pray for the pastors that, that so desperately hunger for, for more training so that they can have a, a better biblical knowledge so that they may pass that on. Lord, what an incredible organizational skill set you have to allow us in Helena, Montana to invest pastors in Mozambique that are going to go beyond. So Lord God, I pray for open hearts and open minds in their community as well as our community. Lord, your harvest is truly white. Send more laborers all around this world. So go before them, Lord God. Give, give them extra energy, Lord God. This time that they're back, these few days that they're back in the States, Lord God, let them have a great refreshing and a great infilling. Allow the time that they have with their kids and grandkids to just be amazing. Lord God, prepare them for, for what is going on right now in Mozambique and what they are going to step back into because I'm believing it's going to be something amazing. There's people there and they are waiting. They are waiting to hear the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And Lord God, as they train up more pastors, Lord God, you're going to increase that hunger in that nation. And now, Lord, I believe everything that we have prayed here for Mozambique goes for us here in Hella, Montana as well. So Lord God, today, I always pray, Holy Spirit, don't let anybody leave this building the same way that they walked in. So Lord God, help us to determine and to honestly evaluate where we are placing our attention. And Lord God, help us, help us to place our attention upon you, the one that is worthy and the one that is deserving. So Jesus, today in unison, we pray these things and we lift up your holy name. We pray this in the King of Kings, the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Worship with us and uh, as you leave, We'll receive that offering. Take time to talk to these guys. Love on them. Encourage them. And we'll see you next week for our series on Colossians. This concludes today's message. We hope you can join us next Sunday for services beginning at 10 o'clock a.m. at Bridge Assembly located at 725 Granite Avenue in Helena, Montana. For more information about Bridge Assembly, go to bridgehelena.com. And we hope you can join us next Sunday with Pastor Jason Metz.